welcome to Houndsy, the Steel Army podcast. I'm Dan Yost, and with me to discuss a loss in Charleston, two games coming up in the next five days, and all the other kind of goofy Houndsy stuff that always seems to come up, I have, first off, my uh, my travel companion for the, the past weekend, Ariana. Uh, first, how are you doing? And two, uh, are, you, are you not sick of having to talk to me? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Uh, I am still uh, fighting exhaustion. Uh, I did not really think to... I mean, I just kind of powered through the tired yesterday. Um, and then it's... It, catching up to me today at work was was a, a bit dragging um and you i mean i could say the same thing about me are you not tired of hearing my bad toes because <laughs> you've heard them for the last uh three days <laughs> uh, no, i mean well three days we find <laughs> we'll have a break tomorrow and then we'll have to we'll have to tolerate each other yeah. for uh for a few hours on wednesday, wednesday. Mm-hmm. but uh no, I, uh, you powered through it. I, after I went to another event when we got off the plane on Sunday morning, I went to one other thing that after that, then I basically power slept for, for damn near 12 hours. So, uh, missed going out doing the rugby that I know a couple of you guys did, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just crashed as, as hard as I could. Well, I feel like there's two ways to do it. One, you sleep and get caught up on on all the sleep that we lost this weekend, or you power through it and just eventually catch up. I mean, we're or, gonna hit stop on the record button here, and my, my ass is going straight to bed. So, fair enough. <laughs> also, join us this evening. Uh, you love him. I love him. The world loves him. Mm. He's what makes Ooh. the world goes round. It's a yak. Mm-hmm. What's good, my yak? Hello, friends, family, foes of Houndsy. I swear to you, I've been here this entire time. <laughs> yeah, see, typically you go a little bit earlier in the introductions and, and then someone else has to wait to, to speak up, but you had to be quiet for a while. Or you didn't, you could have... No one's going to stop you if you if you got louder. No, that was in reference to me being missing in action for like the last six weeks. Oh, that too. So yeah, you had, you had we did, PC we issues or something? I swear to you, I've been here the whole time. Okay. <laughs> Fair. I can deal with that. <sighs> so, uh, if we hear storm noises, the storm just left where I'm at, and apparently they're coming towards Yak, so... Uh, if it gets a little, like, asmr in the background, it's it's on Yak and, Yak's end. Mm. Yes. But uh, let's let's kick it off with the unfortunate Hounds loss three to one in Charleston, snapping their thirteen game unbeaten streak in the league. Uh, sad and disappointing, but you should have known that was going to happen because my dumbass flew down to watch the game, and uh, as many people pointed out, my uh, my record on the road, especially if it involves an airplane, is is pretty shit. So. My apologies, Hounds. Uh, anyone else from other teams that are listening, you want your team to pick up a win, just send me some plane tickets. <laughs> but uh, let's let's kick off first. Uh, we'll start with Yak. You uh, did the Bulldog experience. How was that? As one does. Um, I, I always go to almost every 
away game that I'm not at at Bulldogs, and you know, I feel like I'm treated like royalty there. It was it was mm-hmm. a decently packed place. They gave us four of the five TVs plus the sounds, so they know how to treat the crowd. Uh, I had a very delicious burger and watched a very terrible game. Nice. Good on you. As you do. Yes. Uh, Ariana, you chose to go to the game as well. Um, where do you want to start with? Do you want to start with uh, <laughs> the game itself, or um, do you want to go, you know, no, I, 14 hours I feel like, earlier? Yeah, yeah, we got to start at the beginning, because I feel like you get the whole experience of the loss that we felt with the the experience of the the prior 36 hours or whatnot uh 24 hours the, the prior 24 hours so we our flight for leaving pittsburgh uh was to take off at like 6 30 ish uh from pittsburgh um and i get on the plane and uh, in order to get on the plane, I, I checked, I had a backpack and a carry-on. And I, being the good person that I am, uh, checked my carry-on. Please note, uh, this was completely voluntary. She was not forced it to do voluntary. this. It was voluntary. I was not forced. They said, you can board now and be very nice. We're out of space in the overhead compartments if you just put your carry-on under. So I was like, sure, why not? So I put it under, get on the plane, and while I'm on the plane getting settled, uh, the pilot makes an announcement, and this is before Yost gets on the plane, uh, makes an announcement that there is a major storm over Atlanta and we can't take off because no one's allowed to go in or out of Atlanta. Um, So it's gonna be 45 minutes at most. And uh, Yost (laughs) was on the other side. He was still, you were still in the building. Yes. Uh, and what did they say to you? Uh, something similar, but then they added. Basically, uh, they were like, "Choose your own adventure. If if you are <laughs> if your final destination is Atlanta, you should definitely go on the plane. If your final destination is not Atlanta, are you feeling r- lucky? And they're basically like, your your choice if you want to get on the plane or not, but no guarantees. <laughs> which was I mean, a bizarre thing to hear, but that's basically how they how they laid it out. Yeah. <laughs> And nothing in our flight in, in this was refundable at this point. So, you know, we both were kind of like, eh, let's see how it goes. If anything, it makes great content for Houndsy. And which it did. It, it, it very much did. <laughs> so uh, we decided to, to tough it out. Uh, and 45 minutes rolled into, you know, an hour and a half. And we get another announcement that says... Oh, the the storm is past. The ground stop has ended. Uh, but now no one who isn't already in the air is allowed to take off because uh, they had to clear their backlog of incoming and outgoing planes. So we're like, all right, OK, we'll take it. Uh, we're probably at this point pushing, missing our second flight. Uh, but that was also probably delayed. That's running through my head. Um, you know, a couple, you know, probably 30 minutes later at this point, uh, pilot comes back on and says, uh, oh, we're going to take off soon with a little asterisk, but... Um, he definitely had a dramatic pause in there. He absolutely, <laughs> he he did. definitely did that. We're going to take off soon, but... Dun, dun, dun. Uh, we are going to fly around the storm and add an extra hour and 20 minutes to our hour and 15-minute flight. So we're, we're doubling our flight distance and therefore we need more 
fuel to get to our distance. So we have to wait for the fuel truck. Uh, another half hour rolls by and he said, oh, the fuel truck is coming now. Uh, another half hour rolls by. I mean, it, it, it added up to, we did not take off for, I think it was like three and a half hours we were sitting on that plane. This plane was um, also uh, sold out. Yeah, sold so there out. was there was and, no comfort. No. And, and randomly, people would get up throughout those three hours and just give up on their adventure and, and leave the plane. Enough so that right before we took off, after we have all of our fuel, after everything's squared away, people still got... The guy next to me got up and, and, and opted out. Min of the, minutes before we are finally ready to back out. Yeah. <laughs> so we finally get out, you know, three hours later into the... You know, we get on our flight. So now, Yos and I have been seated in our chairs on the plane for for you're pushing six six and a half hours at this point uh everything hurts uh my whole body's sore those plane chairs are seats are not comfortable and we're getting off the plane and i i asked the flight attendant you know where's what's the situation with my my flight can you look it up she looks it up and she says you have 22 minutes you can make it so Yos and I, being the brave human beings that we are, we book it through the Atlanta airport. Now, if you've ever travel traveled through the Atlanta airport, there are six separate terminals. And to get from the first terminal to the last terminal, it is like, what did it say, 35 minutes walking? Yeah, if you want to walk it, it's going to be 35 minutes or some, something to that so Or you can going, wait for the tram. Yeah, the tram, which was, which was a limited service because it was, at this point, 1230. So we make it in like record time, in my opinion. I mean, it was like five minutes, I think, that it took us to get there. And there's absolutely no one in the terminal. No one sitting where my plane is supposed to be, except the plane is still in the in the like the tarmac. Like it's still you can see it right out the window with the with the walkway still attached. Um, we flagged down a Delta agent, and she was like, "You gotta gotta go talk to the front desk." The, the info desk. So we walk up there and that line is ridiculously long. We're not making that flight. And so we finally get up to the to the front of it. And it was this was we waited what, half hour, forty five minutes? Somewhere yeah. And now in that line, something like that. Um and so I was like, you know, what can you do for us? And he he knew what he was doing. Uh he offered us a couple of flights and we just basically pushed him until we got the twelve thirty, which was the earliest he could have given us, uh, 12.30 out of Atlanta. Uh, so we were to spend the night in Atlanta, uh, which was fabulous. Great, fine. They gave us a free hotel, free travel to and from the hotel, free meal vouchers, which was great. The only part, if you remember from the beginning of the story, I so graciously volunteered to check my bag to my final destination. Well, Atlanta is not my final destination. Therefore, I could not get access to my luggage that had all my clothes in it. So your girl had to take the chance uh, and figure out something on her own. Luckily, I had like the important stuff. Uh, you know, I had my liquids bag in my backpack, um, my toothbrush, my toothpaste. Uh, and so I ended up doing laundry in the sink in my hotel room. This is, uh, this is a psychopath <laughs> move, considering she needs his clothes for another 10 hours. <laughs> I mean, yeah, by the time I got to the hotel, it was like 2.30 in the morning. Uh, I did laundry. We were going to leave the, to go to uh, the airport at like 
I don't know, what was it? 830 9 something. 9.30, 8.30, 9.30, 10, yeah, something like that. And it was just, it was a disaster. I chose wrong. Uh, uh, I got most of my clothes, some of some of my clothes dry. My pants were not dry, but they were athletic pants, so I figured they would eventually dry. And my socks were a lost cause. I never should have washed my socks, but they were, they were gross. Uh, so yeah, I uh, then promptly returned to the Atlanta airport in the same clothing. Um, and we finally made it to Charleston. Um, and uh, yeah, I got my, my, my luggage. It was on the plane with us. So they did hold it in Atlanta. And I very well could have gotten it, but alas, rules are rules, I guess. Um, but yeah, and then we go to the hotel. We do a little bit of exploring uh, around the, the hotel. Uh, there was a nice bar that had a, a great view of the incoming and outgoing um, shipping containers uh, to the big port there in Charleston and, and one cruise ship, uh, which I, I don't think I fully appreciate the size of those ships until you see them in a situation like that. Yeah, boys are massive. I mean, in and out. Yeah, those were humongous. I mean, I just, they're ginormous. It's, it's such a vibe. Uh, but yeah, the flight back was uh, somewhat uneventful. So uh, now this is all leading up to uh, us getting to Charleston and experiencing, uh, in my opinion, uh, the worst uh, game of the season. So Oh, there's no opinion was, on that. That's, 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 yeah. <laughs> It really was uh, kind of uh, just the cherry on top. Uh, there was one redeeming quality, um, which I can mention now and give a shout out to. Uh, I want to call them fans, but I feel like it's they are uh, obligatory listeners of Houndsy. Um, Langston Blackstock's parents were sitting in our section. Uh, two of the nicest human beings alive. Two of the uh, greatest people I've ever met. They are so sweet. Um, and Langston has amazing parents. He, he, they are just sweet human beings, but, uh, his father recognized either recognized the fact that we had talked about, uh, our travel down there or, uh, my voice, which, uh, is not something I ever, either way, something I ever would have experienced when he asked, uh, if we were on the podcast. So, uh, thank you for uh, making our trip. Uh, that that changed the whole vibe of the trip. I went through all of that. We went through all that struggle. Just as long as you get the ego boost, that's all you need. Yeah, that just that made the trip. That was that was the real cherry on. That was the sprinkles on top of the the ice. You know, the ice cream. It just it just made everything. It, it made everything worth it. Uh, just to just to be able to see them and meet them. And there was quite a few. Uh, quite a, a solid handful. I'd say probably a dozen or two uh, people, Riverhound supporters there. So uh, it was a great experience, uh, despite the outcome. But uh, yeah, they are they are great human beings. Uh, and we did ultimately get an answer to a long asked of mine question on this podcast. Oh, that's right. This is yes. Being what is Langston Blackstock's middle name? Uh, his dad did drop it, um, and now I can I can officially call him Langston Aaron Blackstock. Get that full name out there. General. General. 
Yeah, br- a brigadier general lengths and Aaron Bra- Blackstock. It's Esquire. Just, it's just Esquire. That's yeah, it. DMD. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to which we found that's out that he's he's trip. not a big fan of the general moniker, but it's, no. that ship has sailed. So. I I get it. I get it. I'm not. It's not the best. It was not the best uh, execution of the joke, in my opinion. But. Um, you're there now. Yep. <laughs> it's there now. So, uh, yeah, our hotel was was a five-ish minute walk to the stadium, so we're all right there on, on Patriots mm-hmm. Point. Uh, nice little island, I don't know, uh, peninsula, I think. My, peninsula. Yeah, yeah, peninsula. Yeah. Out there just on the other side of, of Charleston. Technically not in the city, but whatever. Uh, yeah, found this sweet little bar on this resort couple minutes further away between the bar and where our hotel was there was this um (laughs) couple museums like naval naval war museums and uh, so you could go on an aircraft carrier which is again things massive and then i think their one was a submarine Mm -hmm. and then there was a land-based component to this um Mm -hmm. so it was all like one ticket price that we didn't we were going to do this had we gotten the you know Charleston when we thought we were going to, mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah, and then but part of the, the land experience and it was big on the sign. This is still bizarre to me, as part of the <laughs> attractions was um, you could you could tour the Vietnam experience. <laughs> to which I ask, who would want to do that? Uh, but we walked I past mean, it, and they I mean you, you could see it's outside on the other side of the fence. You could they had like the fake helicopter sounds, you know. Almost like when you're in line at an amusement park and they try to like make it immersive, so they have, you know, jungle sounds or whatever it is, like the theme of the ride. It was like that with like a half a helicopter like in the ground. It was I, again, I, I kind of weird, but who knows? <laughs> the stadium it was itself, an uh, experience to witness. Yes, uh, the stadium itself, for being only what, 3,500 seats or something like that. And I'm not sure how they, they pull that off when the minimum is supposed to be 5,000. It's a quaint little nice stadium. They have a, a beer garden mm-hmm. behind, as you watch on TV, behind the left goal is this nice beer garden and like kind of uh, food truck area. Um, permanent bathrooms underneath uh, uh, the one grandstand where we're at. I think, is that the rain coming in on Yak's, uh, on Yak's end? Maybe not. No. Um, okay. Um, but yeah, Patriots Point, It get, I sincerely, I like the place. Gives me a thumbs up. I would go back. Uh, would want to explore more next time. But uh, I would I would put it on the on the to-do list for anyone who's, who's contemplating it next year. Uh, yeah. I generally enjoyed the stadium experience. It was $3 uh, beer night. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, if you like three dollar uh, Bud Lights or Heinekens, all game, not just pregame, but all game, uh, you could do that. And then uh, I think you got yourself some some what's the phrase? Um, some Ben and Jerry's non dairy Probably- frozen dessert. Yeah, pr- propaganda ice cream. Yeah, non yeah, propaganda non ice cream. Yogurt? No, no, no. It-, it, it was it was like sorbet. It was like a berry sorbet. I don't. I think it was called like Berry Blast something. Yeah, but on the yeah, on the P announcer they announced 
Yes, dairy-free <laughs> frozen, dairy-free dessert. Mm-hmm. Was I think how they how they, you know, legally announced it as what it was, but whatever. Uh, I guess we should probably well, talk about the game a little bit, shouldn't we? I want to point out one thing. Charleston was rocking like those shipping containers and using them as like a party deck and uh, mm-hmm. a beer garden. They were using that a couple years ago when I went down there before, like right before the hounds decided that's a cool idea. We should do that. Yeah. So they've been rocking that before it was cool. Mm-hmm. Although we, uh, when we left, we saw that the team is actually the the locker rooms are actually uh, <laughs> their trailers. Yes. Which was yeah. not a great look, but. I guess not my problem. <laughs> but, yes. As to the game itself, let's, uh, I guess let's start with the lineups. We'll get our thoughts on that. Jamal and Waite in that, as you would expect. Uh, Rovi, DeShields, Joe Farrell, Ordonez, DZ Harmon coming back. Uh, gets a start. Forbes, Marcabera, Danny Griffin, Mertz, and then Dequa up top. Uh, pat ourselves on the back, Ariana. When we were stuck in that yep. uh, 45-minute line trying to get figure out what we're going to do after we were stuck in Atlanta, we tried to come up with not just the 11, but the 18 for this game. Mm-hmm. And we had 17 of 18 correct. And did we have... Was it 10 of 11 of the lineup or 9 of 11? I think it was 10. I still have the note. DZ Harmon was the was the oddball and that, because he had been injured so we we assumed he was still unavailable but outside yeah, that we were yeah. we were on it so we uh yeah, we made we productive had, use of our time yeah I, i'm proud of i'm proud of the choices that we made uh black i don't know considering the result be, maybe we shouldn't have been so proud of those choices uh, Blackstock actually would be the other uh odd one out in the starting 11 we had him starting he was a sub nice um, that was that was the other difference. Him and uh, we didn't have DZ at all on our list, so yeah. Yeah, well, well, I think we did pretty pretty all right. Yeah. What was your uh, what were your thoughts on this on this eleven when the when it came out? Um, I, I liked the shield starting, which turned out to not be the greatest thing. I'm a big the shield's truther. I was glad he got the minutes. Did not pan out apparently. Um. I also noticed Danny Rivera. Now, Hounds Twitter, Foot Mob, and whoever else, when they release lineups, they have no idea what our formation is. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here looking at Rivera's name, and he's listed like second or third, like almost immediately after wait. And I'm like, where are we putting this guy? Is he is he a wing back in this thing? Is is that what we're doing? And I wasn't, you know, the greatest fan of that um, idea. That is, I think, what he what he panned out to be. And I, I, I kind of felt like he was a little lostish at, at, at times. It, it seemed like I wasn't thrilled with the fit. Um, aside from that, it, it, it was hard to complain with the lineup. I, I thought they were, you know, bringing out the big guns for a tough Charleston team, and they just laid an egg eventually. But, you know, that's the one thing I noticed was Rovira's odd placement. So, yeah, first, first 15 minutes of the match – I, I mean, is there any way to describe it besides they're they're just flat, not ready to play? No, point blank. It, it's like they didn't they did they were still on the bus a little bit. They I mean, also had a big delayed flight coming out of 
going into Atlanta. No. Um, but it multiple corner kicks and set pieces early, and they, they, they look shaky on all of them. And in the first 15 minutes, it comes it comes out to bite them. Uh, just not being aggressive on getting getting the, the ball coming in. Terrible on, on trying to play the second ball. And next thing you know, it just it pinballs around a little bit enough and uh, hounds down 1-0 straight away. Uh, Ariana, we had the view from, from right behind uh, the Hounds bench. What were your what were your takeaways, especially in those those first fifteen twenty minutes? I mean, it was it's it's exactly as you said. We gave up a lot of corners in the beginning there, and you know, it just after hearing Bob and Visser and uh, uh, Bush all yell and scream, I, you know, I. I was, we sat there and we were like, yeah, yeah, what he said, what he said. <laughs> like, it just... Everything he said was making know, sense. I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense to me. Like, you know, I, I can agree with it. Uh, but it just felt like there was really a lack of Riverhound's presence in the box when it came to corner kicks. I mean, a couple of times we saw pick a coach yelling at pick a defenseman to tell them to kind of get up there and to get in that that mix of people um it just felt like it was bound to eventually happen um after first off after all those corners and second off with just us down a body in the in the box there um that first goal just it really deflated a lot of us and it just i don't think it felt right with a lot of people a lot of the players, it just kind of looked like after that first one, it, everything just started falling apart. I, and I don't know if it just, it reiterated kind of some of the things that we had been noticing. You know, it, it was just like, like they played the same the whole game, but that first goal just kind of set everything in a new light. Yeah, it was, you a, know, it just, it was just bad touches. To to yeah to like accentuate or to to go along with uh, just just not getting defensively in the right spots or, or giving uh, battery players too much time with the ball, too much space with the ball, too many open looks, too many chances at second balls. When it was time to, especially through the midfield, try to connect a couple passes and and get yourself up the field, it was just. It was heavy touch, bad receiving of the ball. I, I, I mean, let's maybe someone can point out otherwise. I, I don't think Mertz had a, had a good touch the entire game that I noticed. Uh, DZ Agreed. was was the the target of a lot of uh, uh, love Bob's comments in the first 15, 20 minutes. Uh, maybe part of it was probably because where he was where he was playing at, and he was you know kind of easier to target. I know Farrell got got uh, instructed a few times, uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was it, heavy touches, bad receiving passes, uh, heavy passes, not not getting position, not holding up the line correctly defensively. It just it it was very unhounds like for twenty twenty three. Did it look this bad to you on on TV, Yak? 
yeah, it was it was lethargic, um, giving up so many of these of these corners or deep free kicks. Mar- marking on them was was tricky. It looked like Charleston was really moving before the ball was hit a lot and really well. Um, offense was lacking, to say the least. It it was. At, 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 it did not look positive until it was far too late. Until we were already down at least two goals, that uh, we we were finally putting enough things together to give me hope that we were going to get some kind of positivity, um, some kind of num- some kind of goals going in. Now I it was, thought it was a rough first half. I thought the last ten minutes of the first half, and honestly the the first ten minutes of the second half, I thought the team looked better, kept it like hey they're they're figuring it out maybe the. Getting the way the passes on the grass going. That, by the way, that that field ended up looking pretty pretty rough. Um, yeah, was it bad there? I couldn't figure out why so so such large parts of the field were um, just sand pits. I yeah. mean, the grass there in and of itself is always sand. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, Yos, while we were walking to and from, but even like the medians in the road, uh, this the the grass on the side of the sidewalk, it's all just, it's, it's sand. I mean, that's just kind of all of Charleston is a uh, grassy sand, but you would think that a team like this, there was or just some, some college, bald spots there where there was just no grass at all. It looked like, or very little. It, it To me, it, it looked like, because I did rewatch some of the game uh, to try to see, you know, what, what could be seen up higher than where we were sitting. Uh, and it kind of looked like either in past games or in practice or something, like someone took a bad slide and just took the grass out there and they never replaced it. I mean, I don't think any of that field was, you know, surface level dirt, maybe underneath the sand, but I don't know if they put it in there or if that just helps it grow or stay wet when it rains. I don't know what the point of it is, but most and in most of Charleston, it's like just sand everywhere. I I want to point out that I've been to the Rowdy Stadium, which is also grass after hours, and you should people should see how big of a process it is to keep a soccer field's grass good, especially when you're in the Hounds League and you're basically fighting for every dollar. It is an extensive work, so I'm not surprised it's hard especially when if charleston gets beat up by like storms I mean, yeah, or bad weather or whatever and you have I, to think there's there's hurricanes galore that hit charleston the other part of it is it's not their field it is yeah. the college of charleston so how much how much effort the college is putting into it uh when it's not their season uh, or how much you know even what the budget is is probably not not at par of what of what you need. So I, I it it's an interesting thought when you because often uh, for reasons that need not be said the the turf debate is coming back up both uh, with as it deals with the hounds and in American soccer in general. But you know when you think about the expense associated with it, you know the, the labor intensiveness that that grass brings is probably underappreciated by a lot of people, and then. When it doesn't look good, it becomes very obvious. But uh, as I mentioned before, I thought the Hounds looked 
looked like they were getting the act together in the final 10 minutes. And then in first half uh, stoppage time, the second goal comes. Uh, generally, I am not necessarily a referee apologist, but I'm, you know, you, you can find, you can see what what led to the, the foul, what led to the card, all that kind of stuff. Uh, in real time, I thought um, Farrell intentionally played this ball, which has negated what appeared to be a pretty obvious offside call. On replay, I don't think that's what happened at all. And uh, a very, very offside player uh, goes in one-on-one the weight and makes it 2-0. Uh, I'd be curious what the reaction was at Bulldog, because I was waiting for Bob to lose his mind. And Bob... As best I could tell, stand, sitting right there, said nothing about the the non-call. Didn't go marching over to the fourth official. Didn't go yelling at the at the ref about it. He kind of just got into his back line for being out of shape and and letting the guy you know run through un, unchecked and uh, and not that it would have made a huge difference in, on that play because he was so far ahead of the back line. But you know uh, the ball goes through and they just. Basically, you have four people raising their, their arm and no one actually playing to the whistle, which is not the best. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Yak, what was the reaction at the bar on that one? We were clearly angry. We were we were legitimately just yelling at each other, what the hell is the onsides rule? Because we thought, you know, people thought one of the Hounds players made a deflection. And I'm like, deflection's not good enough. They have to, you know, make an attempt for the ball. You know, at, at first glance, it looked like the dude's just a mile off sides. And if you, if you go back to the live broadcast, I'm not sure if they ever showed a real uh, live replay, but the video that Charleston tweets, because the whole field isn't in frame, you can't tell for sure. But, like, DeShields is really slow getting back. And he's at least very close to the guy who ends up receiving the ball and scoring. To, to make it almost close enough to be like, maybe he was actually onside and DeShields is a solid three, four, five yards behind Ordonez and Farrell, the, the rest of the back line. So, like, it's that might be why Lily was not, you know, apoplectic at the ref, but more so at the defensive line because they are all out of sorts. Farrell and Ordonez are next to each other. DeShields is taking his time getting back and nobody goes after the ball at all, assuming that they are going to get whistled for an offside and they don't it just it's just ugly play all around it might be on the ref but the hounds really did themselves no favors in this situation yeah the 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 not the stop playing is i yeah there's no you can't excuse it nothing that grinds my gears more than seeing defenders stop playing and raise their hands and then the play develops and they give up a goal that is possibly preventable yeah, I mean, he was pretty far ahead there, but just in general, if if your first act of defense is to stop and just put your arm up, you're you're already done. So, not not yeah. uh, not great. And so all the all the potential collective getting the head out of the assness that the the hounds did for the last ten minutes of the first half uh, completely out the window. And going into halftime, uh, down uh, down a pair. Now. Uh, Ariana, you uh, you were calling for a sub uh, at halftime. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that what we got? Yeah, I mean, we saw Junior out there uh, warming up, which, if you know anything about the Hounds in general, or you know, 
uh, USL soccer in general, if someone's warming up at halftime, there's a good chance that they're being subbed on. I was, I'm a hundred percent honest when, when I kind of like got back to my seat, I missed the, the first initial, you know, kickoff of the second half because I was getting my non-dairy, uh, frozen dessert treat. Uh, when I made it back to the bench, Yo's kind of like elbowed me and, and pointed at the, at the bench. And uh, the person who I thought was going to be subbed out was not the one that was sitting on the bench. Uh, Danny gets pulled out. Uh, Danny Rovi gets pulled out at halftime. Uh, I did not expect that. I was thinking at the very least, uh, uh, Robbie Mertz, uh, he had not played any significant, you know, moves in the, in the first half. I, I didn't think he, I thought that that was going to be Bob's first. I mean, he's still coming off injury and I hate to be that person who sits there and is like, let's blame everything on the injury. But I just don't feel like, and he's not right off of injury. So I don't want to use that as an excuse, but it just felt like there, there's something missing w- with him in this game. It just, it just it didn't feel like he's been playing as well as he should be um and so that kind of threw me off i definitely thought that uh robbie would be the first sub or potentially de shields uh like we've already mentioned before he was also not playing very solidly um and i wasn't i didn't think that we were going to have you know and to pull Danny, I saw no fault in Danny's performance, excluding maybe he was positioned too far deep in in the defense that he just he wasn't used to. And I don't think that's a Danny fault. I think that's a sub somebody else out fault. Like you know, no, I, I I think and move Danny up. He yeah, I think. He was just the victim of getting a more attacking player on, and it wasn't he wasn't coming out because of of his play, but rather uh, just the needs of the team at that point. Now, my question is, when do they tell players who are being subbed at halftime that they're not playing the second half? Because again, you weren't you weren't back to the to the seats yet. It. It looked to me like he was being told right before the start of the half that, that he was out. And the look on Rivera's face when he was talking to, I believe it was Visser. If you have told me Visser just told him someone ran over his puppy, I would have believed you. Because, again, Danny has a very expressive face. Mm-hmm. But, holy shit. I was like, my heart was breaking for this guy. Because he, he was just like, just so sad and with a little bit of, like, trying to hold back some anger, but, like, sad and disappointed. And, you know, kind of, like, sits down, yeah. has the, the the penny, like, half-ass over his over his neck, uh, asks the trainer for, like, the scissors so he could take the tape off his wrist. And he's just so dejected. And, it, it, like, uh, I felt really bad for him at that moment. Because, I, again, I, at least I mean- in my read of it, he did nothing to justify him coming off other than just the needs of the team. But yeah, that was a little bit of a heartbreaker for me. I I mean, yeah, he's very expressive. There's a picture that 
uh, I do believe it was Ed Thompson took of uh, after the loss at Cincy that I pulled up uh, right after, you know, halftime to, to show Yost in the moment. But it's probably the saddest picture I've ever seen of a human being, <laughs> let alone like Danny, the happiest person on our team. Literally, his, he, he was the uh, trivia person for today. Uh, and the first question, I'm going to spoil it for everyone. Here's your freebie. Uh, the first question is like, how would you describe Rovi? A- and the answer is happy. I mean, that's just who he is. That's that, and to see him so dejected, to see him so just empty, sitting on on the bench there. I mean, I just felt so bad for him. But on the other end of it, I mean, we saw we saw Junior slam a a, a Red Bull right before halftime. He, did, he was <laughs> chugging a Red Bull. That's right. I, I can't imagine. Like, I mean. It, it honestly just it feels like they were just not ready for this game out like they kind of forgot that they had a game you know they traveled down here and they're like oh wait you know oh shit we have a game tomorrow um i don't think but answer, and i don't think junior brought anything into the game either how many cross field balls to him that he was he just a yard or two short of getting to yeah like, he he definitely did not have enough red bull in him uh maybe the, another one the, the wings weren't big <laughs> enough yeah, uh, they just, they weren't helping. Um, but back to the question you asked, uh, when when are they told? I mean, to, for Danny to go through what I assume was a brutal verbal lashing in, in the the locker room, to come out ready to, to take what you were just screamed at about and turn it into points on the board and then to be like, never mind. You went through that that yelling, or not even yelling. The, Bob, the amount, none of the coaching squad left the, their seats on the bench for probably the first, what, five minutes of... Of, of halftime. The, the halftime. Yeah, so they, were, they were scheming. Either Kenny was given some rousing speech, or they were sitting in that locker room silent, which I could imagine I would not want to be... I would I would just sit there in silence. Sit there and think about the two crappy goals that we just gave up. I mean, there's a moment uh, there then, for the you guys figure it out yourself before we come in here thing. Like, yeah. I mean, if they're all silent and, in that locker room, then that's a that would be an issue too because someone's got to take charge in that moment. And did Bob come in and just give them the "I'm disappointed in you" talk, or did he did he scream and yell? I feel like, to me, what would hurt more is the disappointed talk. A calm Bob just regaling how, you know, how he's disappointed we screwed up. I would feel more hurt at that than Bob coming in and screaming and yelling. So the second half starts. Uh, It's a bit more organized. It's, It's looking a bit promising. And then, Yak, uh, you could take us through the, the third goal. Um, and, uh, yeah, all the, again, just like at the end of uh, the first half, a, a lot of promising possession and looks at net go for naught, and they concede. Yeah, very unlike the Hounds to get a guy running all on his own behind both of the last defenders. Waite makes a really nice save to prevent it at first, but 
they they scrambled so much that a second battery guy, whoever was the actual goal scorer, picks up the rebound and buries it as Wade's still trying to get in front of the ball. Like, it, it was a pretty decent couple first minutes offensively, and then the batteries squirt through again, and we're completely buried, and we've lost the shield, at least temporarily. Like, what the hell? What the hell indeed. I'll take a moment here. Uh, since we're talking about weight and, and goalkeeping, the Hounds had a couple decent looks at net during this game mm. that were that was turned aside, and it, it got me to thinking a little bit during the game and a little bit um, the the next day. And uh, uh, keeper for San Antonio had a, had a absolutely wonderful double save later that evening. Mm-hmm. the The standard of goalkeeping in terms of shot shot stopping has improved so much in the past five, six years or something like that. If you go back to the to the days of, um, I mean, we'll just throw out Nick Noble because why not? Uh, like, those guys probably don't don't get a sniff now. It's in terms of, again, there's distribution and there's expectations of, of keepers playing more with their feet now than there was back then and we're playing out of the back and so there's some added pressures there. But... In terms of just a pure shot stopping and, and collecting the ball, it is it has been such a change, but it's, it's been gradual, so you, you probably don't notice it. Not, and not until I thought about it, I even really notice it. But goalkeeping has improved tremendously in the last five years or so, and it's you know if if the Hounds put some of the shots on um, on frame. In past years that they've done in the last handful of games, I mean, a lot of these are going in. Uh, but yeah, it's it's the, the keeping has just gotten a lot better, and probably doesn't get spoken about enough. But take a moment now, and if if you've been watching the Hounds for or watching this league for a while, I mean, just kind of think back to to where it was then and and where it is now, and it's it's a world of difference. It really is. Uh, yeah, I agree. So after the, the goal against makes it 3-0, uh, Bob makes a triple sub. And this is, at least for us watching in person, this is where it gets a little interesting. So he pulls Farrell, Mertz, and Kenny. So he has his captain, his hometown boy, and the guy he just uh, actually uh, acquired uh, on a transfer in the offseason. So three guys that he knows, he knows well, they know him. My man Bob spends the next 10 minutes after they come out of the game probably 80% uh, it would be fair to say uh, ripping them a new asshole mm-hmm. and 20% actually look, looking over his shoulder and looking at the game. I mean, there could have been a fist fight on the field and Bob may not have even turned around because he was focused on letting those three know how how unacceptable the performance was and i'm just sitting there going oh my god yeah bob is that pissed. was brutal yeah i mean he was not subtle about it and, and poor danny's catching strays <laughs> he, right was, he was <laughs> he said like, I, I should have never been out in the first place and i'm catching them <laughs> you're absolutely He's right the first one out and and you know kenny sits to the left of him and and robbie sits to the right and then farrell sits to the right of robbie and poor danny's just in there catching strays from bob because he's just caught up and you can't move at that point 
Like you're just stuck. Nope, you're just like Danny yep. was just he was in it. <laughs> I just I feel so bad for him. He caught into the locker room and then comes out and learns he's not gonna play and then catches some comments from Bob on the side because there's no one else for Bob to talk to. The rest of the team is warming up. So it's only Danny to catch you know, in in the what twenty minutes that he was there, alone Bob's the stream of consciousness because he has he has Bob. to throw out notes to someone, so whoever's listening <laughs> on the bench has to hear about it. And then these three come out and sit, you know, sandwich Danny again, and and Danny's just caught in these. I mean, this poor kid just can't catch a break. Could not catch a break for this game. <laughs> I just, oh my gosh. But it shows you how bad as a whole the team was just is on the <laughs> night. If you took your two elder statesmen in Forbes and Farrell, who have been in this league for like a decade each, and Mertz <laughs> is probably the next dude in line to do something like that for Lily and the Hounds, and they're all just getting crushed by by him because, you know, the whole team didn't show up to play today. We yeah. could bitch and moan about <laughs> almost anybody that took the field. Yeah. But, and the Shields is still out there running the back line. You know, yeah. and everyone's sitting there going like, oof. I mean, yeah, yeah. What experience then at that point do you have on the back line? You have Arturo on the back line who has two years. I mean, we're, he's in his second year of experience, so a year and a half of experience. He's what's leading that back line. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't – I mean, and you have DeShields who is catching strays on the sideline – by Bush, who had to be told to sit down. Yes, Bob had to oh, tell Bush to sit down at one point because he was getting a little too aggressive with it. it oh, great. not 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 John Bush being too hot under the collar. No. I've never heard that before. No, again, <laughs> no one like him. No, nothing, nothing to the fourth official like that. But just, just, just going at his going at the mostly at the at the back line, which I guess yeah. I imagine a, a keeper yelling at, at his back line. But yeah, yeah, leave her going yeah. out to dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't. We always talk about at the beginning of the year the uh, which game are we just going to throw it away and yeah. then burn all the tapes the second the game's over. This this is hopefully it, right? This has to. Be yeah. I mean, if it. if it's not this one, then then there's there's issues coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, catch me on the next Hot Toes episode when this question comes up. It's it's going to be Charleston. What what away game are we going to drop Charleston? It's just. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Uh, however, for the sake of uh, maybe goal differential and for our own uh, our own interests, uh, the old guard shield, DZ Harmon rockets one in <laughs> in the 71st minute. Uh, Yak, uh, probably, it was just like a mass of, of bodies. I didn't really get a great look at it in real time, what the, how to look on, on the TV's. Like it, it was like wave after wave, right? And I was actually not even looking away. I, I was looking away a little bit. I, I didn't see the whole play, but like, it's 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 what the Hounds would love to do. It's Griffin finding a deep ball, Langston cutting back in. So it's not a cross. It's like it's almost like a drop pass. Once you've gotten into the corner of the box, it's just a drop pass onto the ground. Like it's just a nice, simple, pretty play. It was one of like seven that they probably tried in this this late push that they got and this was the only one that worked but like it was really nice 
it was nice. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned how they worked there a couple times because, again, they're, they're, you're a shot or two away from from stealing a point on this game, to be honest. Like, yes. for as bad as they played for 65 to 75 minutes, like, they did enough in, in their moments of ascendancy that they could have been. It probably it would have been undeserved, but it could have been a, a point. We've seen it before, yeah. right? You know, could always happen. But not to be. Uh, see out the rest of the game. Hounds lose three one, first loss in thirteen in the league. I would just like to point out because um, I've 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 never really watched this guy too much. But we got a, a good look at him uh, before the game uh, this week. Ben Pierman. He just. The guy's like an asshole. <laughs> All those mannerisms are just like, I'm an asshole. Everything. It, it, it just bad body language. At, at best, it's bad body language. At worst, the guy actually is just a walking, breathing asshole. Um, that's all I got to say. I don't know. I, I, I have no empirical evidence of this, but... Just based on vibes of, of watching that guy in person, I, like like total asshole. Um, the way he stood, the way he was like, kind of lean over like the water bottle. It's not like or the like the water cooler. They had kids on the field before the before the game, and um, you know because there's always like kids on the field before the game. They're all like walking past past Charles's bench, and you can tell like he's actively doing everything he can to not make eye contact with any of them, like just ignoring them. Not like you you know. Like I, I no, I will not wave. I will not give eye contact. I, why are you on my field? It's just <laughs> total asshole vibes, Ben Pierman. But um, you know, coaching Detroit, yeah. so whatever. And that shirt was it was an atrocious choice. Yeah, what what that, that he had on? What kind of shirt? Like, what is that cut? Is there a special name for that type of shirt? I mean, I'm gonna say this. In, in the gentlest way possible, that cut of shirt is in my closet right now. That is very much a feminine cut for a shirt. Not saying that it can't be worn by a man. Because clearly, because clearly, can it wear can be. whatever they want. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> it doesn't look great on a man, but take it as it is. Uh, I have that cut in my closet. I mean, it's like the. The droopy front that that like makes like a U into the seam at the hips, and then does the same in the back. It's like this droopy look, and then they were like longer short sleeves, and the color was just atrocious. It looked soft as hell, but like it's a it's a no from me. And then to pair it with black jeans on like literally it felt like the surface of the sun in charleston when we were down there (laughs) and then then all white tennis shoes pop it off all white look like out of the box tennis shoes like the fit was not fitting like this was not no it's a no straight up no the shirt looks soft as hell it looks like something i would i would wear but not for a uh, soccer coach. Sorry. Head coach Ben Pierman. But Yeah. So yeah. Uh maybe he's a really nice guy. It's just not, definitely not the not, not the vibe he was giving off. 
So <laughs> until proven otherwise, Ben Pyramid, raging asshole. Yeah. You're here. Yeah, yeah. So um, is what is. Ariana, any final thoughts on, on the game, on the Bob Lilly front row experience? Um, Charleston. That was a great experience. Uh, you know, I've sat behind Bob at Highmark like once or twice maybe for like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. My parents came to to a game and, and had a friend's uh, shout out Mike and Tammy for the, the, in my opinion, and my parents' opinion, the best seats in the stadium. Uh, they sat there and I sat there, you know, with them for a little bit, a couple games ago, uh, to just kind of like get that full experience. Um, but it's something else when you're sitting literally right behind it. I felt like I myself was on the bench. Um, we were right there behind him and it was just, it was an experience. I mean, at one point, who was it? Visser gets uh, delegated to sitting on the water cooler, which just, the the vibe between the three coaches and then the players like each other i mean it just and then the coach it just it was such an extremely unique experience and if i could sit behind the the team bench every away game or you know not every game your girl sitting in, in with the seal army every game but any every away That's game right. sitting back there is like I would do it. I would do it over and over again. It's a great experience. And I would, I am that, that made a little, made the, made, you know, that was like the, the whipped cream to the Sunday of the weekend. Um, and just, so it was a little bit better, but it just, yeah, I, that was, that was a great experience. I, I was so enamored watching the bench and just all the, <laughs> all the, the nuance of, and, of yeah, yeah, yeah. in-game bench life. I didn't even get up or celebrate DZ's goal. I just, it went in. At first, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was in or if it was it was wide than that. And then when I knew it was in, my eyes just went straight to watching what the bench did. I never, I think there may have been like a little fist pump, but I just, I wanted yeah. to see the reaction from the bench. So I would just say, yeah. uh, if you ever have the chance to, to get seats, uh, right behind uh, the Hounds bench, and again, I mean, like Highmark, they have the the little uh, like the little the little canopy thing that that blocks a lot of it. I mean, here at Charleston, you're, I mean, you're, they're basically just a little walkway, yeah. and they're the next row of seats, so they're they're right there, and you could you could take it all in. Uh, I would mm-hmm. I would encourage everyone to at least once or twice uh, get that experience because it was it was eye opening and a little insightful, and I loved it. But uh, need to move on, and the Hounds, in their quest to move on, have two games this week. The first of which, hosting Yield Indy 11. That's Wednesday night at Fort High, Fort Highmark, 7 p.m. kickoff. Uh, uh, I mean, before we get into to the, the game itself, uh, I kind of the the stuff around it. it what? Amo's birthday party? Is that how we're is that how we're wording this? Amo's birthday party? Something like that? Why should yeah, we get yeah, a birthday? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright. So That's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess and, some of Amo's friends will be there and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um um Mascot Mania, I think is what they called it on the social media. Mm. So uh Ariana, you said you have uh 
birthday decorations ready to go for ammo? Yeah, yeah. I'm making uh, I'm making a, a birthday hat that actually fits ammo uh, on his big head. So yeah, we've got some birthday decorations uh, to celebrate with ammo. We're gonna break out the birthday hats again. Uh, they've seen more um, use in the last two months than I kind of ever expected them to. <laughs> I mean, I bought them as a gag for Luis on his first home game, um, and he loved it. And then, you know, it just so happened that a couple a couple weeks later, Luke has a birthday. Uh, so, of course, I got to break them out again for Luke. And now Ammo's birthday. I mean, let's just keep going. Uh <laughs> But I do have to apologize, I guess, for, for Danny. Uh, don't know if I've said this already, but um, we're, we're going to do a game day birthdays only. Danny had a birthday like a day or two before Luke. So uh, we yeah, did those not don't count. celebrate with Danny. Those don't count. No. Uh, just game day. So next year, Danny, when your birthday may or may not fall on on uh, a game day <laughs> I, I will give you a, a birthday hat uh, i promise because sure we know he'll be here till, all, all till 2025 till 2025 yeah. signs till 2025 yeah. all right i am curious where luke ended up with his his birthday hat uh, the, uh the so trash. luke's listening uh he wore it the entire autograph session yes and then there was um, a garbage can on the way out <laughs> no i want to think it's in his locker uh, sitting there whatever you want to say as a reminder <laughs> Indy 11. Five wins, seven draws, uh, seven losses. They've only played 22 games. So they are, I believe that's the, the least played in the, uh, at least in the East. Maybe in the whole league. Yeah, they're joint with Memphis with 19 games played. So they got some, they still got some, some ground to make up in terms of games played. But that puts them in ninth place on 22 points. Uh, a whole 16 points behind the Hounds, which is nice. Uh, five, seven, and seven. However, they, they're showing signs of life in their last five. Uh, one win, one loss, three draws. The win is against Frodford. So, I mean, everyone's doing that. The loss was a was home, a home loss to uh, Tulsa, who's probably now the hottest team in the East. And then draws against San Diego, uh, Charleston, and then this past week against a now Neil Collins list. Tampa Bay. Uh, again, Sorry. in terms of former hounds, all you have is is yield Robbie Dambrot. Um, Ariana, we'll start with you. you. You were out in the game in Indianapolis. Uh, what are your 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 things to watch for? Um, I'm, to watch for. I say this full well knowing we just spent um. um big chunk of time ragging on them but i feel like we have a more cohesive um team now than we did then um they feel a lot more smooth uh forgetting last uh you know saturday's game we're, we're just gonna ixnay that from this this sentence here but um and i definitely feel like with the people that bob sat for this game. There were names that were not played that were a surprise to me. Um, I'm hoping that it gave them, you know, a couple more days that they can start. Um, I'm hoping Nate is back. I'm hoping Luke is back. Um, 
Alal seems like he might be out for a little while. He was in a walking boot um, the last home game. Uh, so we might not see him for a little while, but Tola didn't play. Um, and as much as we, you know, really ragged on him at the beginning of the season, he has been playing some really great soccer lately. So we just, I'm hoping that some of those names, you know, we see back in the, the lineup and I'm hoping that they were just a healthy scratch, you know, or a let's give the injuries one more one more week or, you know, a couple more days. That way they're fully ready to go for Wednesday. Um, I think that we're, I'm going to walk back on words I said last week. I think that we're starting to somewhat feel a couple of the injuries, uh, namely our defensive injuries uh, with Nate, Luke, and Olal, um, all three out. I think definitely uh, feels a little bit wobbly in the back then. Um, we lost both outside backs, Olal, who um, can and will call a shot in the back of the net if he if he uh, has the chance off a corner kick. So I'm, I definitely feel like we're just missing kind of that presence. So I'm hoping that this is just, you know, the handful of names that we didn't see play that, that should have or could have played. Um, Laser also didn't travel. Um I just I'm hoping that they are better and you know able to return and I I'm hoping that some of them were just healthy sits uh for hope that you know we have some fresh fresh legs with Indy. Yak, any concern that the quick turnaround and the the lifeless 65 minutes that the Hounds showed on on Saturday uh, made its way onto the plane and up the Highmark Stadium on on Wednesday? No, uh, I I believe we have documented very well the extensiveness of how much Lily has been on all these players. I fully, fully, sincerely believe they're going to come out like with their hair on fire on Wednesday, ready to beat the shit out of this team as we are one to do, which I look forward to greatly. Indy is always the guiltiest of spending a ton of money in this league and somehow always being shockingly shockingly mediocre um and they managed to do it year in year out with new players each season and it is delightful to watch so i believe it's going to happen again yeah and I, I we didn't retweet it but there was a one of the kind of american soccer fanzines or online things where someone did a profile on on uh indie indies supporters groups on the president uh, on Amanda, I forget her last name, Amanda. And it was it was a very glowing review, and I I was trying to find the uh, the the tweet where she threatened to throw us off the uh, the balcony at Lucas Oil, and uh, sadly I couldn't find it in time. But uh, so yeah, uh, uh, indie fan, not uh, definitely lo- low on our list of of those we like. So a shame. Does it- does it give you uh, some satisfaction then that for some reason there's a trend that uh, all the indie home games again in Pittsburgh tend to be on Wednesdays and therefore they're not traveling here as much? A little bit, uh, but they all came out for that the the Open Cup game that one year that was on a Tuesday. And yeah, uh, but that was different, and I think we also played them on that Saturday anyway. Yeah, it was it was a quick uh, like back back to back or something like that, like either back to back games or or twice in, in a three game stretch, something like that, but. I, yes, um, 
I enjoyed that they did show up for that that midweek game and and left sad and disappointed. And I think that was the game that the aforementioned Amanda Amanda was crying in the parking lot. Pretty sure it was that, that was definitely one? an intense experience uh, for their faithful that night. Yeah, good times for whatever reason. Good times. Uh, but if they do show up, they'll they'll sticker the shit off everything, and uh, so you'll just be on be on high alert for uh, indie stickers because they're good at it. That's the they bring a good stickering game. <sighs> Kids, uh, the Hounds are seen at 998 goals. Uh, we don't do a ton of predictions, and that's uh, that's not the season. That's that's all time. Uh, we don't do a ton of predictions, uh, but I'll I'll we'll throw it out there now. Um, do we see goal one thousand on Wednesday? Yak. Yes. Ariana. You want a name? Yes. Yak, I do want. Yes. The next question was, who is it? Uh offensively gifted individual who's been on a bit of a drought, Arturo Ordonez. Ooh. Okay. I like it. Ariana, what's your what's your prediction? Are we doing serious? Is first round being a serious uh, I, uh, prediction? I mean, it, it's, it's serious of, of a who's going to score the second goal on Wednesday night for the Hounds can be. Yes, that's serious. Because <laughs> I have two answers. I have the... Uh, uh, the, the the answer I would put forward, I, I'm saying uh, a Tola, uh, the man who pre- pre- prepared us all season, got us all hyped up, and is now, you know, do, doing some goals, getting getting some goals in there. Uh, I think he's going to be our our one thousand, uh, our uh, our Tola. Um, but I also have one that a left field uh, prediction, uh, Jamali Waite with the goal. And that's not left field, friend. That's 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 out from the parking lot. The back line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jamali Waite just launches one. Their goalkeeper gets caught up being way offline. I mean, that'd be a hell of a way to score a thousand. And it goes in. I would lose my mind. Either way, I'm going to lose my mind, but yeah. Let's throw it out there now. So uh, a bunch of us were talking and getting things planned. If you're listening Mm -hmm. to this podcast before Wednesday, Mm -hmm. uh, you you need to go out and you need to buy uh, some black and gold streamers and uh, basically any uh, fun, non-destructive party things you can think of. And we are going to celebrate goal 1,000. Um, uh, the only way we know how. It, so far over the top. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Have, I have a dozen streamers waiting for me, waiting for me in the car to, to distribute. Uh, maybe there will be some like confetti cannons showing up before Wednesday. We'll see. Uh, oh. It might be a wall of smoke. Uh, we, might, we, might, we might be blowing up the, uh, the smoke budget on one goal, but so be it. <laughs> Is what it is. So if you have time, go grab some supplies. Be prepared when the Hounds pop in a second goal on Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. Just lose your mind. Jo- keep in mind one, uh, or actually just the one thing to keep in mind. Uh, don't be that guy or girl who uh, who starts going ape shit, throwing stuff around, only, only for the uh, the ARS flag be be waving in the air because then we will mm-hmm. we'll get dragged online. So don't do that. 
and um, if for some reason it is an own goal that is number is 1,000, then uh, that poor bastard is going to go down and, and stormy uh, lore as Mr. 1,000, and we'll just take yes. shit every time he comes to the game, comes to Highmark Stadium, which would yes. also be fun. Agreed. Yes. <sighs> well, that's game one of two on the week. The other one is on Saturday, again, 7 o'clock, back at Fort Highmark. Uh, it, uh, starting Thursday morning, will be shit on the Memphis week. Yeah, you look forward to shitting on the Memphis, don't you? I love shitting on the Memphis. It, they hold no, like, grudge against us, and yet this, this shit on the Memphis movement spread across the USL teams, uh, various fan bases like Wildfire, and I enjoy reveling in it. <laughs> nice. Uh, keep in mind, Memphis does not play on Wednesday, so they're going to they're gonna be a little more rested. However, they did a fantastic job of getting not one but two guys sent off this past weekend uh, against, I believe, Tulsa. So they, they uh, Orange County. Orange County. My bad. So they they took the loss. They got two guys sent off, and the one Bruno Lapa, who was a guaranteed no doubt starter, uh, decided he needed to make a statement with like 90 seconds left in the game. So he's sitting down. Uh, uh, James Kelly is the other one. Uh, he's a, a likely starter, not a yeah, guarantee. Yeah, he starts a lot too. Yeah, so, so I mean, that's, that's a guy whose whose name is in pen on the starting lineup. Uh, the other one who's on, who's written in, uh, in pencil, but there's no eraser on the back of that pencil type of starter. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Uh, Ariana, I'll start with you. Uh, Hounds have it in the to finish off next weekend. Well, yeah, yeah, they do. Nice. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm confident that this team's woes start and ended last week. They they just you know Saturday was just a, a fluke. Uh, we're still holding strong at Fort Highmark. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely thinking that in front of our, our home crowd, uh, this next, these next, uh, two games at least, uh, will be some great games. So yeah. What's your, uh, your Memphis guy report telling you? Um, Memphis is definitely not coming in hot. Uh, I lost their form in front of me. Give me one second. We're doing this live. All right. Last five games are only two points and three losses after they were red hot for the entirety of spring. Two of those losses include losing by four at home to San Antonio and losing by six to Memphis oh, or to Phoenix. They are Memphis. They do not lose to themselves, although maybe they could. metaphorically they did. They could. Um their best player, this was is probably one of the most weirdest inter-league, intra-league storylines of this season is when Philip Goodrum made that lovely comment that says, man, I wish I wasn't fucking here. I'm uh, devastated. <laughs> devastated to still be there. But he's Got no longer there. traded to Tulsa. Tulsa sent Rodrigo da Costa, who's kind of reborn himself somehow. He now leads the team. He's got seven goals overall, including four um, when since he's uh, been traded over from Tulsa, um, this is a really high-powered offense. They're like second in the league in goals. 
Um, so it's it's going to take something. They have a really strong forward unit. Lauren Kisiadu, um, Aaron Malloy uh, was like an MVP caliber player a couple seasons ago. He's still possibly their best player, even if he's not putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, Memphis is scary, but we're catching them in a good time at least. I mean, the Hounds have given up 15 goals all year in the league. Three of them were three nights ago. Three of them were three nights ago. Memphis has given up 16 in the past five. Like, it ain't great. At least not for them. Y'all can't math, by the way. It is two nights ago. Three nights by the time people are listening. I was See? I was getting inside the mindset of our dear listeners. You have to know that I am not quickly turning around and posting this. So, y'all can't math, but okay, all right. We're we're talking in present tense and everything else, and then you you hit me with the three nights ago and future tense. But all right, continue. <laughs> I mean, if you want to start doing the live fact checking, we can start doing that. Um, <laughs> However, maybe maybe more important than the game itself. Uh, mm. One, it's it's mm-hmm. dollar beer night, and we we know how the last two of those have gone, uh, which is if you're a fan of dollar beers, it's gone very well for you. Uh, if you are a dollar beer, it's gone very poorly for you. Uh, so it's, you got that going for it. And why is everyone going to get all 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 greased up uh, pregame on dollar beers? Because the motherfucking superstars are in town. Yak? Yes! Talk to us. This is the moment we've been looking for all season long. Beyond just, you know, the Hounds being the best team in the world, yada, 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 and dollar beers and full stadiums. No, I want the superstars. Yes. Should we do a draft real quick? Who's your favorite superstars? Do I need the top five? Pull up the list. Top three. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean, I, me- I remember a couple off the hand, but I'm sure the, the ones all get named here quickly. Do uh, I I'll, already? Have I want to point out up? so yes. I can so I can fill in some time. The superstars are performing three times this weekend. The Hounds are in the middle. They have like a they call it the superstars tour schedule. But anyway, they're squeezing the hounds in in between Buffalo Bison, which is, I think, like AAA baseball, like a relatively serious organization. And the Springfield Lucky Horseshoes is the name of this baseball team. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. Okay, so <laughs> the one's called Dick Flattail. <laughs> I didn't see that one before. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. Uh, <laughs> I know they have some 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 soccer ones on here. And I want to point out. I want to point out Yinzers that we have Squidney Crosby. That's uh, Serena's favorite. And Mario mm-hmm. Lemuel. I feel like it's not fair for us. So those two are out of our draft. They're automatically in. They get the freebie, the freebie pass. So you, I, this is my role for everyone. Sydney Cross, Squidney Crosby and Mario Lemuel are, are unavailable in the draft. Fair enough. I actually only spy one soccer player in this entire lineup. It's not what you would think it would be. 
I mean, I'm thinking it was going to be yeah. like a Messi or a Zlatan. No. But Messi's not big enough for superstars, in but, my opinion. No, but, but there's Correct. only one. Want to give the name or should I? You may have the floor. <laughs> it is none other than the elegant... Uh, uh, the princess of, of 90s uh, American soccer, Mia Hamstar. <laughs> oh, man. I hope she's there. Me too, me too. She I has hope, to I feel be like there. They have to. I hope Mia's there. I feel like those are the three that have to be there. She resides on soccer fields all over, so she's got to be there. Fact. We are, we are and, a soccer uh, field. Uh, Squidney Crosby is from a barn uh, in the suburbs, I believe. Oh, no, he's he's from the three rivers, Squidney Crosby. And Mario Lemule is from a barn in suburban Pittsburgh. Beautiful. So really they have offensive. to be there. It seems really offensive to Mario Lemule. <laughs> he's a better backstory what? than that. Before we start this... Uh, I, one question as I'm going through this: Do you think they have to be very selective on which uh, what cities Barack Obama shows up to? Yes. Yes. Like yes. Ha- has to be right. Like <laughs> he has some type of superstar secret service protection. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll let we'll let. So okay, what are we picking this draft? What is it based on? Who we think is going to be there or? Just whatever, no, no, top, whatever one top, is your favorite for whatever dumb reason that you like. Okay. Top superstars. I'm, wait, pause. I'm writing these down. Okay. And we're going to find out who comes on our draft. All right, three rounds, all right, all right, snake all right. draft. Uh, Ariana, you can take the first one. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Still preparing my notes. Um. I feel like... There's only one good answer for my that's first a, draft. That's a lie. There's many good answers. Yeah, I can't go <laughs> wrong here. I'm going to have to go with Shaquille O'Seal. There we go. <laughs> he's, he's my number one draft pick. I will go. Right. The, the, the picture of this man is perfect because it looks like he's about to dive headlong to tackle a baseball coach. Shark McGuire is my number one pick off the board. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, they got some some like NASCAR and some stuff here. Oh, I just saw the Shark McGuire picture. It's fantastic. That's really good. Um, um, we were talking pre-pod about the odds about a, a, Zootop- a superstar eating an individual. This shark looks like he's about to go after this man. Down. Uh, I'm going because we are we're sticking. They only have there's only one soccer directly soccer related name, but there, there's a second now. Uh, by way of of his daughter, uh, I will take uh, Dennis Frogman. Oh, yeah. He uh, nine feet one inches from the swamps out, of Vegas. Dennis swamps. Frogman. <laughs> Go figure. Yost picks a guy that lives from Vegas. Yeah, this what is. You know what? Fuck it. I'll keep. I'll keep my Vegas thing going then as well. My second pick, uh, who actually has, uh, looks like he has a water feature coming with him. I'm taking Elephant Presley. There we go. 
He look, he's got uh, he actually squirts water. How can you say no to that? And he's got the he's got the jumpsuit. I believe my second pick is gonna be my favorite pun out of all these. It is Kevin Durant Eater. <laughs> I, I don't think he's gonna make it. I I feel like if there were odds on this, he would have very high odds of of, of not showing up. But Healthy Kevin scratch. Durant Eater is just my absolute favorite name. Wait, so wait, is the is the wait is the is the correct joke there that he'd be a healthy scratch or or still injured? I don't know my basketball too well. He he's healthy, I think. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, I thought he was like always on, like always not playing. Nah, it's not him. Okay, never mind. Ariana, take it. You got that one. Then you wrap around for the third round. All right, uh, I'm taking. Ichiro Suzuki. <laughs> Want to try that again? <laughs> Sorry. Is he upside down? Yes. Oh, sure. Ichiro. It... Ichiro. 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 It... Suzuki. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> that one. <laughs> He's upside down. In the picture, I, I I don't I I I can't. Yep. Okay, for anyone who from, could pick out from her laughter, it's Ichiroch <laughs> Suzuki. And yes, he's upside down. Um, from underneath the stands in Seattle. Um, I think he What's would appreciate. Re- speaking of, of disrespectful, holy shit. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's where cockroaches are, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> um, it's, his backstory gets gets far more insulting. Uh, throws it in with an after years of dining on leftover sushi on the streets of Japan, he hitched a ride to the U.S. in a passenger salad bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So dark. <laughs> yeah, just take it. Go. Oh no, no, right, no, wait, 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 wait. No, she has no, one more. Yeah, you can come back more. around. That's right. I have one more. I have one more. Um. Oh man. Oh man. There's just so many good. All right, I got my last one. For similar reasons as Yak's pick, Clammy Sosa. Yes. Now Clammy looks like so someone who does who who partakes in the the human eating. Uh, <laughs> there, there, yes. Gag. There's an individual in in the mouth that's <laughs> looking at it. His baseball card has him swallowing a person. So, on a on a similar note, who's going to be the person I, I, eaten during this game? Who's going to get? Who's going to be uh, swallowed whole? Oh, uh, carrot top. No, 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 who, no, no. Who who from the hounds? Like who? who what? Someone uh, who's going to be the victim? No, I believe- I believe Ariana is predicting that Carrot Top is going to show up as a fan of the Hounds, longtime no, Hound supporter. No, no, one of the uh, the uh, I don't know his real name. He's probably told me half a dozen times, uh, but he is our MC. Oh, uh, and I couldn't think of his name in the moment at one point, and so I said, "Where is Carrot Top?" And it just kind of stuck. So his name is Carrot Top now. Someone, I, I'm uh, not. It, was it? Is it Michael or? <sighs> It's you, he, it. good. You, yep. <laughs> uh, he's he's gonna be eaten. Uh, someone or, or a player. 
They're going to sucker a player into uh, this. This is going to get passed around, but someone in the stands was saying... The, <laughs> he's the guy from the fucking... Get it out. He's the guy from the Spin Doctors. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really... Like, it's such a good callback. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Uh, why? You know what? I mean, you can't have a, a really tall guy get get eaten because you know there's probably like an actual room thing. You, you know what? I Mertz, Jesse, Jesse, yes, Jesse, yeah. Jesse's getting Jesse's eaten. Getting eaten. <laughs> Jesse's getting, oh my god! <laughs> uh, Yak, what's your pick? All right, I I think in general. Uh, when you make a mascot suit, it's really tough to like get fish right. They always look really, really dumb for some reason. Mackerel Jordan's face just makes me howl. Mackerel just, Jordan. Oh, you just pick. swipe my pick, you bastard. That's right. <laughs> that's a good. You know, for the third round, that's that's good value. I'm not gonna lie. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going with with uh, for the last pick, uh, Mr. Irrelevant. Although he's not irrelevant in my heart. We're going heavy basketball themed, actually. Uh, Yao Flamingo. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping he would be picked up. <laughs> He's twelve feet seven inches, two thousand ninety-eight pounds. He resides under the stars of Texas. Yao Flamingo. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly what the superstar scene is going to be. I don't. I'm assuming it's halftime. I, if they're available <laughs> to come out the tailgate, by all means, have the superstars out the tailgate. Please. Um. I, I don't even know how else to take at this point. Dennis Dennis Frogman would rock a jello shot like nobody's business. You better. <laughs> um, if, if if Starino was on this, I think he would be disappointed that Snell Earnhardt Jr. did not get picked up in the draft. Well, well Starino should be he here. He should have been on it. Yep. <laughs> this was his baby the I mean, whole time, and he's not here tonight. That's on him. This is true. This is true. Uh, well, I mean, two-game week gave you a, an all-too-in-depth review of, of the battery in Patriots Point. Let's uh, let's close this bad boy up. Uh, Yak, any final thoughts? Um, if you lose power tonight, it's because there's a giant fire on Brunette Island. So uh, mm-hmm. here's hoping that uh, that stops happening soon. Yes, that'd be great. <laughs> Ariana, any final words for uh, for anyone who's actually stuck it out for the full 90 minutes? Um, I feel like I hate to do this, but I feel like we've got to bring it down a little. Uh, and uh, I got to mention that we lost a great uh, a soccer great today, a Pittsburgh soccer great today um, in uh, Gene Klein. Um, and I am speaking for everyone who has ever been on this pod and the people who are on this pod, but uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to um, his family and anyone who has been touched by his uh, awesome career. So, um, yeah. Yeah, Gene, uh, I mean, for anyone who's who's a newer uh, fan of, of the Hounds, uh, may have not seen him too much in the past few years, former head coach, former assistant coach, was around basically from day one. Uh, was inducted to the Hall of Fame this past year. Uh, if you've been around in the early Highmark days, you probably would know him best as uh, one of the uh, color commentators 
uh, on the, the three-man booth of uh, Matt Geica, uh, Gene, and Paul Chowd, which our stands are named after. Uh, yeah, we lost Gene uh, today at, uh, at age 71, uh, tragically, to, to brain cancer. But, I mean, anyone who's been around youth and then into the Riverhounds in terms of professional soccer in Western PA uh, probably has a, a Gene Klein story. Uh, just uh, an advocate for the sport in this area uh, as much as anyone, if not more so. Uh, was high school national coach of the year uh, with Quaker Valley, three state, uh, six state titles, I think. Um, mm. He's been inducted, I believe, into the Whipple Hall of Fame. Um, Wow, Whipple Western Pennsylvania Coaches Hall of Fame. I, I, if there's the accolade for the man uh, that he's eligible for, he uh, he either has it or will be having it soon. Um, but yeah, I I was fortunate enough to have some conversations with him um, numerous times, either about the Hounds or soccer in general, uh, as do a lot of people. And there's just there's not much else to say other than. Um, uh, we lost a real one uh, today, and, and um, put out there on Twitter. I mean, at this point, the, this club probably doesn't exist anymore uh, without what Gene did in the uh, in the early two thousands to, to to keep it going when uh, things got a little rough there. Um, yeah, uh, I know Mongols reposted the interview they did with him in twenty eighteen. It's absolutely worth a listen. Uh, if you have a, a little bit of time, I would I would pull that up. Uh, and then you, anyone who's watched or rewatched uh, the Miracle on the Mon highlights has heard his voice uh, on on all those uh, famous, infamous, amazing uh, highlights with him and uh, and Matt and Jen uh, and Paul. So. Uh, again, thoughts with, with his family, um, everyone at Quaker Valley where he coached and taught for all those years, and basically anyone in the, the Western Pennsylvania soccer community because um, he was he was as big a part of that, if not the biggest part of that, for, for, for years. So uh, with that said, uh, we'll close it for this week. Thank you all for listening. On behalf of Ariana and Yak, uh, I'm Dan Yost. Um, see you at the games, and uh, we'll be back next time. Bye.